The Productive Woman, Episode 59. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Productive Woman. My name is Laura McClellan and this is a podcast dedicated to productivity for busy women. My goal is to help you find the tools and encouragement you need to manage your time, life, stress, and stuff so you can accomplish the things you care about most and make a life that matters. Thank you for joining me. In this episode, I'm going to talk about productivity and kids. You'll find links and additional information in the show notes for this episode at theproductivewoman.com slash 59. This episode is brought to you by a new sponsor, Prep Dish. Prep Dish is a meal planning service that makes it so simple to put delicious, healthy meals on the table. Prep Dish provides gluten-free and paleo meal plans that are created by a personal chef who's also a registered dietitian, and these plans come complete with shopping lists, preparation instructions, everything you need, all at a very low monthly price. And you can try the service at a very special rate of only $4 for the first month by going to prepdish.com slash productive. And I'll share a little bit more about this later, but I'm really excited to introduce this new sponsor to the Productive Woman listeners. Before we get started, as a quick reminder, if you haven't already done so, I would very much appreciate your help in making The Productive Woman a better show and uh, more useful to you. So please take three minutes or so to complete the listener survey at theproductivewoman.com survey. Now, in part as a result of this survey, some of the feedback that I've got there, as well as emails from listeners... Uh, I've gotten some comments about um, wanting to talk about being productive when managing a family that includes kids. Uh, Because for those of us who have children, they have a major impact on the way we live our lives, how we manage our time, how we manage our homes, our space, everything. I really would rather address this as a panel discussion or include suggestions from lots of listeners but I haven't yet figured out how to do the panel approach. And you're all so busy that only a couple of you were uh, able to offer suggestions for this show. We'll be talking about it more in the future, but I did want to address it now just because there have been a lot of questions that have come in. So I thought for now, what I'm going to do is share with you what I know about raising kids and how it impacts our ability as women to be productive, to accomplish those things we care about. A little bit of background so you kind of know where I'm coming from in talking about this. Uh, Some of this I've shared with you in the past. I, uh, my husband and I were married when we were 18. We had our first child when we were 20. We raised five kids, two girls and three boys, and our oldest is now 34 years old. She's married and, and the mom to four little girls of her own. Um, Our oldest son serves in the U.S. Navy. He's married and has two little boys with his wife. Uh, Our middle son also served in the U.S. Navy for several years and through a couple of deployments, then left and enlisted in the Army Reserves and, and served several months deployment in Afghanistan with the Army Reserves. Our younger daughter is a banker. She'll be 24 later this fall and Our youngest child, our youngest son, is a 21-year-old college student. For 10 years, 
Back in the day when they were much younger, I was home with them full time. I homeschooled the older kids through my first year of law school. Uh, I, I went to law school in my mid-30s. Kids were already born at that point, so they all went with me. Uh, and uh, after my first year of law school, my oldest uh, initiated the idea of going to the local school, to high school, as a sophomore because she wanted to sing in a choir. So, uh, you know, that's kind of the very short version of my parenting experience. Uh, does the fact that I've raised five kids make me an expert on parenting? Absolutely not. I, I have managed, uh, with my husband, of course, to get five kids to adulthood, all happy, healthy, and, and, and leading productive lives. And as far as I know, they all still like e us, and they all still like each other. But I have made every mistake a mother can make. Uh, I've been too selfish at times. I've been uh, too harsh with them at times, too impatient. Lots of things that I, I did, If you know, looking back now, uh, things that I wish I could go back and do better. But I guess maybe that's part of what I bring to the table in this discussion of, of trying to live a productive life while raising kids. Um, it's not just the things that I've done that have worked, but those that I did that did not. I wanted overall our life to be peaceful and productive. That was kind of a guiding principle as I was raising them and, and, and drove a lot of the decisions uh, that my husband and I made together in raising them. We wanted our kids to be happy and healthy, and we wanted them to be the kinds of kids that other people liked being around. You know, we, we often thought we didn't want to be those people, especially because we had so many kids. Uh, we didn't want to be the kind of, of family that people would see us coming and think, oh, no, here come those McClellan kids. And so that that was part of the, you know, our, our kind of guiding principle uh, behind our, our parenting philosophy. Um, like I said, we wanted them to be the kind of kids that other people were happy to have around. This was both for their sake and for ours, for mine as a mom, in order to do the job of raising a family and also accomplishing my other dreams, uh, the other things that mattered to me as a human being, uh, and the, you know, same thing for my husband, I knew, we knew, uh, I knew we needed a certain amount of order and peace. And so those were, were things um, that I thought about as we, as we raised our kids. And so with that as kind of a backdrop for the discussion, uh, here are some of the things, I guess 10 things or so, that I know about raising kids and about how to manage life with kids in such a way as to be able to be productive in that sense that we talk about productivity on this show, of uh, being able to order our lives in such a way as to maximize our positive impact on the world around us. And so here are some things that I know about kids and about raising kids. Number one is that kids are resilient. Despite how we might feel about it, our mistakes aren't likely to ruin them for life. And that has been, uh, it has been a great comfort to me because as I've said, uh, I made a lot of mistakes raising the kids. Um, and I look at them now and I see the, the lives they're building for themselves and, you know, their families, those, those who have children now. Um, I feel like the fact that I made mistakes 
didn't ruin them. They've, they've, they're very happy, well-adjusted adults accomplishing the things that they care about, and that makes me feel pretty good. And I think it's, a, it's something we need to keep in mind, that kids can adapt to a lot of circumstances, a lot of situations, and they're not so, you know, they may be physically fragile when they're little and they need to be protected, but uh, wh- as, as I said, our mistakes or our choices aren't necessarily uh, going to ruin them for life if we're acting, uh, doing the best we can to act in their best interests. Uh, so that's an important concept, I think, to remember in deciding how to order our life with children around, whether we have an outside job or we're staying home uh, or some mixture of the two. Know that there's not, I, I really don't think there is a single right way to raise kids or to, to order our lives with kids in them because they are resilient, they will adapt um, because I think uh, number, my number two thing that I know about kids, uh, and I believe this to the bottom of my soul, that what they need most of all is just to know that we love them. And this becomes relevant as we're making these decisions about how how to order our lives and whether to go back to work and when to go back to work and what school should we put them in, all these various things. We might make mistakes or we might do things differently than somebody else and, and, and maybe not do it the best, whatever the best way might be. But if our kids know that we love them, that they matter more to us than anybody else, um, I think that makes up for a lot of a lot of mistakes and a lot of a lot of things maybe not being optimal. So, kids are resilient. What they need most of all is to know that we love them. Another thing I know about kids, and these are not in any particular order, but um, is that they have when they are young, they have no concept of quality time. Um, that, that is a concept that we think of as adults, that some time um, spent with our kids is of a better quality than others. I don't believe that as young, young ones, they have that concept. They just know time. They want our time. They want our attention. They want us to spend time with them. And that has to factor into decisions about the things we take on, the commitments we take on, and and various things at certain stages of their life. And I had an interesting conversation with a listener, Janelle, uh, earlier this week, or I guess it was this past weekend, and we talked about this and the fact that um, time together is really valuable. And we have to make decisions. We have to make choices about what we can do. We've talked about that a lot in this show, that there are... um, you know, there are only 24 hours in a day and we have things that we want to do and things that we want to accomplish. But because young kids have no, don't have this concept of quality time, that it's about quantity as much as quality, that may impact our decisions about what to do at these stages in our life. And we may decide to say no to certain opportunities, remembering that not now doesn't mean not ever. And it may be that at certain stages of our life, of our children's lives, we're not going to be able to do as many things as we would like to, but those things can be done later. 
when our children are older and maybe don't need as much of our time. Uh, I'd be interested in hearing what you think about this this concept and, and the other things that I'm talking about. Again, I'm not trying to say that I've got the answers and I'm the expert. These are just the 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 things that I've learned over the years of raising kids that have worked in our household. The fourth thing that I know is that they children can become happy, well-adjusted, well-rounded, accomplished adults without owning every toy in the world or participating in every activity out there. Um, they can learn, and they need to learn, that they're part of the larger community, the family, and that sometimes an individual's wants have to give way to the good, to the needs of the whole family. Uh, and that includes uh, the mental health benefits uh, that come from a life that's not overcommitted to many outside activities. There's a real temptation that I've seen to, uh, to, to feel like to give our kids a leg up in life. We've got to sign them up for, you know, every kind of lesson and every kind of sport and and uh, every kind of activity and fill every moment for them with these enriching activities. And I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm, uh, I'm saying that for me and for, for our family, what worked best was to limit those kinds of things to one or two really, uh, really valued activities and leave plenty of margin in their lives as well as in ours as parents and plenty of time that we could just be together as a family and not always running from one event to the other. Again, there are a, a limited number of hours in a day, and uh, choices have to be made, and I guess it depends on the ages of your kids and how many of them you have and, and all these other things. But I, I have seen that um, families who choose to limit uh, and be thoughtful about which activities their kids are signed up for uh, produce kids that are just as well-adjusted and, and well-rounded as adults. Um, Janelle, this listener that I, I was talking about, she sent an email uh, to me with some suggestions for this show and some of her thoughts about parenting. And she said this this way. She said, under-program your kids. Find the balance between your kids' requests to play basketball, soccer, you know, et cetera, and your own need to feel like you're providing them with the best possible childhood against the amount of time you realistically do have. Aim lower than you think you should, and you will have the time you need for your important projects. Everyone also will be happier. Um, and that's, uh, I, I thought that was a really wise thing that Janelle shared. I think, uh, we we need to be, as in everything else we do in life, uh, to be productive women, we need to give thought to the choices we're making for ourselves and for our children and balance the overall um, needs of the group, I guess. Uh, the fifth thing that I, that I guess I know about raising kids is that they need a certain amount of structure and boundaries. And uh, by that, there are lots of things I could mean about that. But for instance, routines, all the benefits we've talked about before, for instance, in episode 27 of the show, all the benefits that routines bring to our life in terms of uh, efficiency and, and, and productivity and knowing what to expect and not having to spend a lot of time thinking about what to do next, 
all those things that they, those benefits they bring to us also apply to our kids. Having some structure, a known routine, can simplify life so immensely and give our kids the security of knowing what to expect. And I'm not talking about being rigid. Uh, because some days you're going to change things up and just sort of throw the routine out the window and go do something fun and unexpected. Or maybe, you know, you've got a plan and there are certain things you do on certain days, but a, a, you wake up and one of the children is sick and you're going to take the day off. We have to be flexible with kids. If I know anything about raising kids is that the unexpected always happens and we need to be prepared to to go with that. But that being said, having some sort of general routine for the days, for the weeks, etc., can uh, really simplify life and make things easier. Listener Pat Thurston recommended a, a resource that I thought was really worth sharing. Uh, she listens to the Organized 365 blog and podcast. And this is done by a professional organizer named Lisa Woodruff. And uh, Pat really recommends this as a source of ideas. And in episode 62 of the Organized 365 blog, or the podcast, I mean, Lisa talks about how to create morning and evening routines for families. So I thought that was really worthwhile. I'll have a link in the show notes where you can check out uh, Lisa's podcast. Pat also recommended uh, in this situation of having routines and, and boundaries and so on, uh, the idea of using a timer with young kids maybe who can't tell time and don't have a concept of time, and you need to, uh, you know, like prepare them for it's going to be bedtime pretty soon or time to leave for preschool or, or whatever, uh, she recommends setting up a timer that they can see so they can actually physically see how much time they have left for whatever the activity is. And she recommended a particular one called the Time Timer, uh, which is a countdown clock that is visual so so kids can see it. Pat says that uh, classrooms use it. Her daughter uses it with her grandkids, and she often uses it herself in the office. So I'll have a link in the show notes for that as well. I thought that was a great idea. So part of the structures and boundaries is this routines and, and, and setting uh, expectations. Part of it is having rules um, and uh, uh, there there are a couple of great articles that I read um, one of them called Why Kids Need Rules, and this is by Dr. Marianne Neifert. She's an MD, uh, and I'll have a link in the show notes. But she talks about why kids need rules, and, and I, I won't read the whole article to you, but it's really worth reading. The, the basic ideas, she say, they, the rules prepare children for the real world. They teach them how to socialize, uh, interact with other people, they provide a sense of order. They make kids feel competent. They reassure them, help them feel safe, and boost their confidence. Uh, so again, I, I really recommend that article. It, it's a great idea. Kids need to have rules against knowing what to expect. There's another article called Your Kids Want Boundaries, written by uh, Paul Hokemeyer, Ph.D., and there'll be a link for that in the show notes as well. Now, I don't think a household needs to have a bunch of rules. I think they should be few, but understandable and clear and consistently applied. How does this uh, impact productivity? Well, if you're not uh, fussing with your kids or fighting to get certain things done or having to deal with the consequences of 
you know, anarchy, uh, then you're able to all be more relaxed, more uh, stress-free, and more productive. And so again, I say there, that there should, I think there should be very few rules, but they should be uh, uh, absolutes. In our house, if you ask my kids even today, what's the rule? They will say, if it's not yours, don't touch it. That was a that was a rule in our household from from the time we had little kids. We expected our kids to have respect for adults, and part of it was our responsibility to teach them to that you know, adults could be respected. They need to know that your no means no, that yes means yes. Um, uh, another rule we had in my house was. Uh, and it still applies for that matter. After lunch, everybody shorter than me takes a nap. And I'm, I'm five foot, just over five foot three. And it just was always a rule that after lunch, every, you know, the kids would take naps, even when they were older. And my daughter and I were, oldest daughter, were talking about that fact that, you know, when they were older, they didn't have to sleep, but there was quiet time. And it was a time for them to unwind and kind of, um, de-stress. It was a time for me to have some quiet to either rest or get some other things done. I I really found that to be a very valuable rule. Kids are going to test those rules at first, but the testing will last longer if your response is inconsistent. And so I think uh, it's valuable to have really thought through what matters to you, what are your priorities in terms of the the, uh, habits you want your kids to have, have those very few rules, but be very consistent about applying them. All right, so that was number five, that kids need structure and boundaries. Uh, Number six, the sixth thing that I know about raising kids, though, is that they also need time to just be kids. And, And I mean, without having every moment scheduled for them. Overloaded, overstressed kids, just like overloaded and overstressed moms, will eventually melt down. And that can wreak havoc with your ability to get other things done, as I'm sure you know. Um, The seventh thing that I know about raising kids is that they need to learn to be contributing members of society. And by that, it starts with your household. Uh, There's no reason that kids can't do things to help. From a very young age, there are little things that they can do, whether it's, you know, putting the napkins on the dinner table or um, putting the silverware, learning to sort the silverware from the dishwasher into the the silverware holder, some little thing that they can do. It's an important part of um, society, learning to be a productive, contributing member of society that builds Uh, confidence, it builds competence, it does a lot of important things uh, for them, and it uh, avoids both the stress and maybe a little bit of resentment that some of us as women can have if we're doing everything ourselves and everybody else is just kind of sitting around being waited on. So I think that's important. Janelle, uh, the listener I've mentioned before, She agreed. In her email that she sent to me, she said, uh, as much as possible, encourage independence in your children and your husband. A big part of being productive is ensuring that you're saving your energy uh, for the things that need your attention that other people cannot do. Uh, So something I've said, it kind of goes along with the idea of delegation, except that, you know, your husband, your kids in particular, part of our job is to train them how to do things, how to take care of themselves. 
and do the little tasks that keep a household running. And so it serves kind of double duty. Um, I also always felt that it was not my job to entertain my kids when they were little. Uh, I, uh, I taught them that uh, in mommy language, I'm bored means I want a chore to do. So when they would say to me that they were bored, I'd give them a job. And as a result, they learned to you know, go read a book or find go outside and play or find something to do to entertain themselves instead of looking to me to uh, soothe their boredom. I had other things I was doing, uh, you know. Okay, so the eighth thing I know about kids is that we can avoid a lot of stress and a lot of conflict and a lot of lost time by not putting them in situations where they're set up to fail. And by that, I mean things like, and you know your kids better than anybody else does, but uh, taking a small child to, an, uh, to a movie that's not, um, not for children and expecting them to be quiet while the adults watch their movie. Uh, any, anything that involves sitting for a long time or, or to a fancy restaurant, and I'm talking about little kids, they, there are limits to how long they can, most kids, not all, uh, but how long they can be quiet and still in certain situations. And if we put them in that situation or we keep them going, running and running with no break and no nap and no rest time, uh, eventually there's going to be a meltdown and your plans, our plans for getting things done kind of go out the window when those things happen. And so we can... Uh, avoid that by thinking about the situations that we're going into, the events we're going to or whatever, and making uh, thoughtful decisions about whether our children are going to be able to be successful in, in that situation. The ninth thing I know about raising kids and, and living a productive life with kids is that communication is key. Uh, and that, that I, I could do, you know, you could do a whole episode on that and we could bring experts in to talk about it. But uh, one specific way that communication is key is as your kids, when you have school-age kids, teenage kids that are have events and activities and school requirements and stuff, communicating those... Um, uh, having some, uh, one of the keys to survival and productivity in a house with kids that age is having some sort of system in place to communicate about schedules, about commitments, projects, school supplies, all those sorts of things. I've always recommended having a central calendar um, where everything gets recorded. And when the kids were younger, that was a calendar with very large squares that was posted on or near the refrigerator, and everything got written in there, and that was command central. And they all knew, you know, if it's not on the calendar, it's not happening. So if you, if there's something you need me to drive you to, it better be on the calendar so I know about it ahead of time, that kind of thing. As the kids got older and they started driving and, you know, technology caught up, we all had shared calendars on our smartphones so we could see who was where and who needed to be where at various times. Some people go even farther than just having a central calendar, and they create a communication center that has lots of things. Pat Thurston, this, uh, another listener I mentioned earlier, she shared a newsletter she received from uh, clutteddiet.com. 
in which the, the professional organizer who runs that site encourages families to create a communication station that includes a place, for, you know, paper and pens for messages, uh, phone messages, trays or cubbies or bins of some sort for each family member's mail and messages, the family calendar, a cork board or magnet board or something to post information, uh, maybe a family binder with a commonly needed information. Uh, and I thought that was a really interesting idea. I'll have a link in the show notes to the website where there's lots of resources uh, that this clutteredyac.com offers and worth, worth looking into. And the 10th, and I guess for now, the last thing that I know about raising kids and about the, the living a productive life with kids is that every kid, every mom, every family is different. So don't judge other moms based on what works for you and your kids, and don't judge yourself and your mothering and your life based on what you see other people doing. Uh, Janelle, again, she agrees in her email to me. She said, she said this, be kinder to yourself and make sure you're looking at the right comparator group. Energy spent berating yourself about the fact that your home doesn't meet the standard of your neighbor's home when your neighbor maybe doesn't work over 40 hours a week outside the home is not a good use of energy and takes energy that could otherwise be used productively. So, you know, that, that last point probably is the most important thing to remember of anything I've said on this episode. I've shared what I know, what I believe about raising kids. Are these 10 things right? They were right for my family. I'm not offering these as rules for you to follow. These were principles that guided me and my husband as, as we tried to make a worthwhile life for our family. Um, you know, this, this whole thing goes all the way back to the earliest episodes of The Productive Woman when we talked about having those guiding principles and values that we use to help us make decisions on a day-to-day -day basis about what goals to pursue and how to pursue them. So these aren't rules. I, I'm not saying I'm right. I'm saying these were the things that worked, uh, have worked in my family. I hope that they'll spark some thoughts for you, that you'll sit down and come up with your own list of principles, of guiding principles of, of living a productive life, the things you know about raising kids. And I really hope you'll share those things with us on this show. Um, uh, I, I've, I've only scratched the surface here. Uh, I certainly don't claim to be an expert. I'd love to talk about this more in, in future episodes. And like I said, I hope some of these ideas spark some of your own. I would really love to hear from you. So what do you think? Can you share some tips with the rest of us for raising kids and, and staying productive, whether it's just principles and concepts or very practical things that you do, routines you follow or tips you found help you get uh, the things done that you need to do, uh, get done and live a, a happy and, and peaceful and productive life with your kids, please um, share those things uh, with me either by going to the show notes the, at pr theproductivewoman.com slash 59 and leaving a comment there or uh, if you click on the voice button and leave, send me a voice message, I can, you know, play that in a future show. I'd like to talk more about this in the future. Uh, you can also post something on the Productive Woman's Facebook page. If you want to share your thoughts with me privately, 
you can do that by uh, emailing your questions, comments, or suggestions at, to me at feedback at theproductivewoman.com. And I do want to hear from you. A couple really quick announcements. Uh, I, I got a notice just uh, yesterday, I think, uh, about that the calendar app that I use and love on my Mac, BusyCal, is being offered at a special 20% discount for a very short time. So if you listen to this before September 29, 2015, check out BusyCal. I, I, I've talked about it in a past episode, and I think it's in my, uh, my little digital toolbox that you can download for free um, by clicking on the button on the website. Uh, or in the show notes, but uh, I love it. It's a great calendar, very useful, and you can find out more about it by going to theproductivewoman.com slash busycal, B-U-S-Y-C-A-L. If you decide to order it, use the coupon code SMILEWORTHY to get that 20% discount. Uh, And again, that ends on September 29, 2015. Um... If you haven't picked up that free copy of the Digital Toolbox, do be sure to check that out. Again, button in the show notes, or you can go to theproductivewoman.com slash favorite apps. Everything you're looking for, you'll find in the show notes for this. Before we wrap up, I do want to tell you just a little bit more about our new sponsor, Prep Dish. I am really excited to introduce Prep Dish to the Productive Woman listeners, because for many of us, one of the challenges we have to being productive as moms, as, as you know, uh, managing a family, is getting meals on the table. And for me, just coming up with ideas for meals is a challenge. For my friends who want to serve gluten-free meals or, or who are on the paleo diet, that challenge is even greater. Well, Prep Dish is a great solution to this ongoing challenge. It's a meal planning service. They don't provide the food, but what they do is uh, they, they provide the plans for the meals. So you can shop once, prep once, and eat tasty, healthy meals all week. Basically what happens is each week you get an email that contains uh, the menu plan, the gr- a grocery list, printable grocery list, and instructions for preparing the meals ahead of time. So this is a kind of an advanced prep type of thing. You spend a couple of hours, maybe on Sunday, preparing the everything for the week's menus. And then you have your meals ready for the week. And for the rest of the week, it's, you know, anywhere from five to 20 minutes of, of to get a really great meal on the table. Uh, so this is a very efficient way to answer the what's for dinner question. It's um, not only an amazing time saver, but the meals uh, look absolutely dis- delicious. I've just discovered this recently and I'm, I'm, my you know mouth was watering as I was reading some of the menu ideas. There's a pecan crusted salmon with roasted red pepper and sweet potato soup or turkey and zucchini lasagna. Uh, or pecan and cherry baked pears. These meals are all made with real food. There's nothing processed. Uh, There are gluten-free and paleo options. And all of these are planned by a woman who's a trained personal chef and a registered dietitian. So the meals are both delicious and healthy. 
and it's a really a pretty low price to begin with. You can get all the information on the website, but they're offering the Productive Woman listeners a very special rate of $4 for the first month. So that's a dollar for each week's meal plans. And again, they come with the, the shopping list uh, and, and the step-by-step instructions, everything you need. Uh, so Prep Dish lets you shop once, prep once, and enjoy those healthy, stress-free meals all week, leaving you with more time to accomplish the other things that matter to you. Check this out. Try it out. You can find out more by visiting prepdish.com productive, and that will um, give you the special introductory price to give it a try. Thank you so much to Prep Dish for supporting The Productive Woman. I'm really looking forward to those meals, uh, trying those recipes. That, I guess, is it for this episode of The Productive Woman. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. I, I hope you found something in it that's helpful. I look forward to talking with you again very soon. So until next time, remember, extend grace to each other and to yourself and go make your life matter. The Productive Woman is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.